0: Hi everyone and welcome to the third episode of Season 4 of Studio 1.0. We had a big day in LA after we shot Sean Parker's show. If you missed my chat with the Napster co-founder and Facebook founding president, check out last week's show. After leaving Parker's mansion, we went straight to the headquarters of Showtime Networks. I've been binge watching a lot of Showtime lately. Homeland, The Affair, and Billions are some of my favorites. And we got to talk to the programming genius who greenlit all of it. He's backed some of TV's biggest hits like 24, ER, Arrested Development. Then in 2010, he joined Showtime and has led the network's resurgence in original shows with Homeland, The Affair, Billions, Masters of Sex, Dexter, and so much more. Now he's taking over the top job, replacing longtime chairman and CEO Matthew Blank. Joining me on this edition of Studio 1.0, Showtime's new CEO, David Nevins. David, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Glad to be here. It's
0: great to have you. Thank
1: you for coming. You came here,
0: Yes. So, Billions, what was it about this show that made you think this can be a hit?
1: It's a world, first of all, that has been explored a little bit in the movies, but not explored so much on television. What's interesting about the show is I think it touches on all of our feelings about wealth and uh, class, which is kind of a hard subject to touch in America, and so I think it's very much. You know sort of in the zeitgeist um, and deals with all of our complicated issues about the super wealthy
0: now you launched homeland the affair yeah. masters of sex when it comes to spotting a hit is it all art or is there any science
1: there's not a ton of science you know first of all it's it's some combination of who are you betting on so it's about it's instincts about people it's instincts about the creators instincts about the actors who are going to be able to grow and create a role, you know, good writing is the core of it all, and, you know, it's it's the good script that gets the good actor, that gets the good director, that makes for a compelling show, and it's some sense of, like, having having some feel for where the culture is right now, what people are going to sit up and pay, take notice with, which is... It's ever sort of changing. Is it
0: like a gut thing? I mean, have there been times where people people told you, no, it's it's not gonna, it's not gonna. There's take some off. degree
1: of gut. We don't really do testing in any real way. Really. Um, and
0: that's kind of scary. You know, I mean, it's a, it's we'll, like you're we'll, taking a we'll huge risk. We'll focus
1: group something with, but it's 80 people in Van Nuys. It's not. It's there's nothing scientific about it. I like to actually watch our pilots, in different groups of people over and over, and I can start to start to feel. I learned that from. Uh, I work with Ron Howard, and Ron would always uh, uh, watch his watch his movie with bunches of different people. And I remember the first time he showed it to me, and I tried to be polite and say, "Oh, that was great." And he he would not let me get away with just "That's great." He wanted to really know what I thought, where I thought, where I thought it lagged, where I thought you know um, things were confusing. And so there's. You do this over time, you, you develop a feel for it.
0: You've recently taken over for Matt Blank, yep. who was in this seat for like two decades. Not, not this very
1: seat, <laughs> but but figuratively this but seat, yes.
0: he had this job yes, longer than any other executive in television has had a job ever. Yeah. And now you're on the business side well, of things.
1: this is the rare orderly transition in this business, where it's been sort of carefully planned, over the course of the last two years, Matt has been really the architect of it, and it's gone. He's been, he's been great about it. He's now the chairman. Yeah, I've been, I've been sort of, I kind of came up through the creative side. I find the business side very motivating. Um, to sort of become CEO at this moment, when the business is in such intense flux, it, it is a really exciting time to do it because um, we're now selling ourselves over the internet. There's a whole new way. We now have a direct relationship with our customers, and television has sort of finally reached the top of the totem pole in terms of its place in the sort of cultural, you know, um, hierarchy.
0: Is this the golden age of TV?
1: I think so. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's an overused term, but I mean, how can you say it's not? It, movies are no longer on a higher pedestal, um, and television gets now the highbrow conversation, the high bow, highbrow. Criticism um, and critiquing that um, you just couldn't do when it was Simon, 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 and Matlock.
0: You and Matt Blank have steered Showtime to near parity with HBO. What distinguishes Showtime from HBO? What distinguishes Showtime from Netflix? What is the Showtime brand?
1: (sighs) Well, we're we're all doing very similar things, and you know, for better or for worse, the sort of premium, high end areas where everyone wants. Wants to go, so what distinguishes a Showtime show? I want it to be culturally relevant. Um, you know, Homeland uh, has things to say about America's place in a you know 21st century world. Even Masters of Sex, a period show, has I think a lot to say about um, gender and our kind of complicated relationship with sexuality. So, cultural relevance entertainment value, characters with some complicated adult psychology. Some
0: would say you've got all of these hit shows, but you haven't had your major, major hit. What's going to be your Game of Thrones?
1: I don't think you can ever plan for the, like, you know, uh, what the big hit is. I did not know what Homeland was going to be. We're delivering consistent shows that people want to watch across the year, probably better than anyone right now. Mm-hmm. but. I would love to have a Game of Thrones.
0: Does it keep you up at night? Is that like your white whale? Well, you're like, I need my Game of Thrones. Like, no. I'm chasing this, no. this major, uh, major hit.
1: We've got a lot of shows that are working, so you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to sort of make each one 10% bigger than it is right now, mm-hmm. you know. That's what keeps me up.
0: How, how do you view something like HBO? Are they like your nemesis? Do you think of them no, as the... No, the, the
1: world is much bigger than Showtime and HBO right now. <laughs> there's FX, there's Netflix, there's uh, There's Amazon, there's Hulu is launching shows uh, now, and, and uh, there's AMC, and then there's, you know, um, a million people are trying to get into that game. Generally, what's good for HBO is good for Showtime
0: what's Showtime's biggest threat
1: it's a complicated 21st century media world there's a lot of people clamoring for attention and we got to stay at the top of the list and we got to continue putting out shows that feel like they have risk to them but that are gonna make people pay attention even within the traditional universe you know we're still only in 23 24 million homes uh, through the traditional way that means there's um, you know, almost three quarters of the homes in America don't have Showtime, so mm-hmm. we have a lot of running room, mm-hmm. it's like a moment of great opportunity.
0: How disruptive has Netflix been to your business?
1: They have seemingly unlimited amounts of, of, uh, of money to throw towards programming, that's a challenge to compete with. Is they it, they has it come buy up? our programming, so they're a customer. Um, and they buy our programming internationally it's it's a complicated relationship
0: have you ever considered you know throwing all the episodes out there at once like they do
1: i have thought about it but i think there's great value in having the conversation sustained over the course of a couple months two or three months so i i i think the world is sort of going to come back to a little more measured although i'll do different shows in different ways you know uh when we put twin peaks out maybe it'll be fun to have not just do one a week but to, to do it in a different way I mean who knows um, um, something I'll talk about with uh, David Lynch but there's uh, there's all sorts of possibilities but the idea of just um, throwing it out you know having a week of buzz two weeks of buzz and then having it die down I don't think that makes sense for us
0: so how many people are paying for Showtime the streaming service today
1: I, I'll tell you it's Grown pretty much every week since we've 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 uh, launched. It's you know well more than doubled since you know since Homeland and it's gone up again with with billions.
0: How many more seasons does Homeland have left in it? Well,
1: um, the great thing about Homeland is it reboots itself every year. That it's it's a new story and a new place. Um, it its changeability I think works uh, really well. So. I don't feel like we're at, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly, but my, my guess is three.
0: Three more seasons of Homeland.
1: It's really, you know, star and creator, Alex Gonza um, and Claire Danes, and they will make a decision when Claire is sick of doing the show, sick of playing that character, when Alex is sick of writing that show, because, I mean, do you think the story of America's complicated place in the 21st century won't be relevant? you know, in 2015, in 2019, and 2022, of course it's still gonna be relevant. And then it's just a question of creativity, um, how long we keep going.
0: What's it been like working with David Lynch on Twin Peaks?
1: Once we got the deal done and got started, he's actually an incredibly efficient director, and he's now more than halfway through. He's kind of a genius, so watching him work, I've been down to the set a couple times. The crew is largely people he's worked with the last you know is through his entire career the actors um i'm not allowed to say who they are but then many of them have worked with him their entire careers um so it is really watching a maestro and uh i'm i'm incredibly excited i think it's going to be a work of you know dare i say genius i i, I don't use that word lightly a work
0: lightly. of genius uh,
1: so i'm You know, I should, again, knock on wood, but I I feel like it's gonna be a really special television.
0: There are more scripted TV shows than ever before. There are also more canceled TV shows than ever before. Are we in a TV bubble?
1: I don't really think so. A bubble implies that there's suddenly going to be a puncture and we're going to be down 25%. And the number of shows and the quality, I definitely don't, do not see that. It's possible to not succeed. You know, Microsoft, Yahoo, they, were, they, they went in and they went out and they decided, you know what, after a certain amount of investment, we don't have the stomach for it. It's not for us. There's going to be other people that exit the business. And there are shows that can fail. That said, it's, it's robust the demand is there the desire is there we are in expansion mode and i continue you know um i don't feel like we have too much ask a showtime subscriber they wouldn't say we have too much they'd say like give me give me another great show
0: is it almost scary that anyone even amazon can make a hit original show
1: anybody that- can make an original show whether it's a hit or not, we don't know until we like know actually how many people are are, are watching.
0: Like *Transparent*, right. for example, which we don't know how many people are right. watching. But if you consider like
1: it's a terrific show, I will say that yes, I, I and I, I love, uh, I, I personally really love *Transparent*. Um, so, uh, scary. I think it's democratizing. I think it's good. I think it's good for the creative process. It's good for the business that. I'm in, um, you know, uh, makes, keeps us on our toes, means we have to compete harder, better to make this a creative home for creative people. Would I like to keep out the competition? I don't really have that instinct. I don't really look at the world that way. Like we're in the club, so we're going to shut the door behind us. No one else can come in this club. I don't think that's good for good for storytelling, good for creativity, good for the consumer, it's not. I mean, that's that's not, how, that's not how the world works.
0: What are your plans for international expansion? I know you made a deal with Bell in Canada. You just licensed your shows to Sky. Do you wanna sell Showtime streaming yeah, services so, in other countries? Um,
1: we have finally, it's been a big push that, uh, that we've been making, that I've been making. I think we have more shows that work in UK and France Um, compared to some of our competition. Um, We made a big push for starting in Canada, starting in the English-speaking international territories. Then we did UK, Sky um, buys for UK, Germany, Italy. We just did um, Stan in Australia. There's probably more to come in continental Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Showtime brand is starting to mean something. So they're interested in buying, rather than selling our shows in a one-off, Way you know, Billions is over here. Dexter was over there, and uh, Ray Donovan is over here at this network. Put them all together, the same networks, and uh, it makes a big difference. I mean, it's it's a factor of five and ten times what we've been making in some of these countries.
0: So you know, what about plans to sell the streaming service independently? We in we other countries? we
1: haven't done it yet. We can. There's such interest in premium programming right now that we made the decision in the big territories um, to sell. But you know, mm-hmm. those are, we'll see what happens when these deals are done. What
0: about China? I mean, this is a, a question that Netflix yes. is being asked all the time.
1: Go figure. I think Billions has real potential in China. We are um, there's interest in the subject matter, where there are conversations going on, and I'm hopeful that that Billions gets a real. Uh, a real deal in china that um will you know is potentially our biggest deal ever for china but china is becoming a very real market for us and it you know as recently as when we were selling ray donovan we're selling ray donovan in china for pennies mm-hmm. now there's real real interest and billions is the first major sale that we've made in china and it's it's significant
0: can can you in the world without china can netflix dominate without China? Here's
1: how I think about China. Um, China has always been a terrible market for American television. Piracy's so rampant um, that, you know, the movie studios figured out how to do some stuff in China maybe, what, five years ago, where they first started making real money. Now they're making real money. I expect there to be a lot of growth there in uh, in the next five years. And I think we spend a lot of time talking about China now.
0: How did you get to Hollywood?
1: I just drove here. Um, in a uh, I, Volkswagen I grew, I,
0: Beetle, or what? No, in,
1: in, in an Oldsmobile, yes, my grandmother's Oldsmobile. I came out very soon after college, and I was, I had, I was in, uh, it was actually when I was in Scotland, I spent a year in Glasgow, and I fell in with a bunch of really hardcore like film geeks who would have given their right arm to move to Hollywood, and I realized, I have no immigration problems. I'm not Scottish. I'm American. I got an American passport. I don't need a visa to get to Hollywood. I can just drive there. And, uh, and I did. And uh, uh, I wanted to be in the movie business. Still, still haven't made it on television. Uh, it worked out well. Television, television in the, uh, you know, uh, sort of the, the turn between the 80s and 90s. Not, not the, that was not the golden age of television. Uh, now, now there's no place I'd rather be.
0: You worked your way up, you had, you worked at Imagine, as you said with Ron Howard, you worked at NBC, you worked at Fox. I'm curious about network television in particular because since Parenthood ended and I know you were behind you were behind Parenthood. Yep. Friday, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. I don't watch a single show on network television except for The Bachelor, which I'm embarrassed to admit, but
1: don't be what? embarrassed. What?
0: <laughs> What's happening? I happened? love reality television, too. <laughs> Do you watch The Bachelor?
1: I have. I'm not, I, I sort of fell out a few years ago.
0: What are your favorite reality TV shows?
1: MasterChef. I like uh, Project Runway. I was watching Real Housewives for a while, but then it, it made me feel bad about humanity, and so I stopped.
0: <laughs> it takes a real man to admit you're watching <laughs> The Bachelor and The Real Housewives. Yes,
1: I, I'm very secure.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I know Showtime is on my CBS. But what's wrong
1: with network television? Network television still gets big audiences, but there are, you can now, I think it was harder to hide um, five or seven years ago before cable was really developed and and before particularly pay cable and and sort of, there was such a volume of premium shows. Uh, You can now satisfy yourself living over here with, um, you know, Mad Men and Homeland and Billions and uh, Silicon Valley. You don't have to leave that neighborhood, um, but there's a lot of people um, who are very satisfied in the neighborhood that is, you know, Big Bang Theory and Chicago Fire and uh, Blackish, and there's there's interesting stuff. And I feel like the networks are starting to innovate more. Um, out of necessity,
0: but should the cable companies be worried?
1: They're under pressure to innovate. They're under pressure to, you know, change the way that people, um, the way that they make their signal available, and the way that people are able to watch them. And they also, by the way, are the people who are the main pipe to the house. that are s- serving broadband, so that's what's, um, you know, that's where their growth is coming from right now. What
0: about ESPN?
1: ESPN is suffering you know right now from the uh, you know the, the the law of big numbers and they're it's they're still a, a, an incredibly healthy cash machine and they're just trying to you know recalibrate their growth
0: what about Apple what do you think is Apple's future in television
1: I don't know if you'd asked me you know a year ago or nine months ago I would have thought that they would be you know have tried to figure out their own version of a bundle by now, and you know a lot of people are rooting for them. So um, what happened? Why didn't it? Why didn't it I
0: work think, out? I think I
1: think it was challenging to put the pieces together with uh, you know the the content owners. There were a lot of conversations going on. You know how and when I, I can't comment on. Um, but uh, um, Apple's an incredibly innovative company. They make they make incredibly delectable products that people want, and I think they have enormous potential to crack the television world.
0: I mean, in TV, like, I mean, could they just end up being just the set-top box? Is that?
1: I think that's possible. Yeah, and they could also be a TV, or they can be a component inside the TV, or a box next to the TV. There's a lot of different ways, you know. But the
0: have you heard the fight it? over
1: the living room has not been decided yet you know, who who controls the living room and who controls the house, I don't think has been decided yet. And TV is clearly a huge part of who controls the living room, who controls the electronics of a house.
0: And what about the entertainment industry in general? Where is the entertainment industry in five years? What are we watching? How are we watching it? Well,
1: I think you're going to continue to see the blurring between movies and television. Um, You're going to see television shows, stuff Produced primarily for television, that's going to play in theaters um, for occasionally an out-of-home collective experience. Um, I'm already feeling interest. People are coming to us. You want to premiere this? You want to show four episodes? I guarantee you, when we put Twin Peaks out, people are going to want to put that in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see those lines blurring, but fundamentally, the movement is for bigger and bigger screens mm-hmm. in your home and cons- consumption at home, and that has been television's great strength. So. But the desire for great complicated storytelling, people's narrative ability to process complicated narratives, is only growing exponentially. So shows are getting more and more complicated, more and more sophisticated. It rewards good writing and good acting, and I expect that to only increase in the next five years.
0: David Nevins, CEO of Showtime Networks, thank you you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And for admitting that you watch The Bachelor.
1: It was never my favorite. (laughs)
0: Next week on Studio 1.0, my guest is Padmasri Warrior, the new U.S. CEO for Next EV, an electric car startup, and one of the most powerful women in Silicon Valley. Be sure to subscribe to the Studio 1.0 podcast for the entire show library and follow me on Twitter at Emily Chang TV.